good y'all welcome back to another episode of one-on-one with your host i'm tommy and hey it's jen um good news the students are all back in gabaldon so if you hear any weird noises during this podcast that's them so welcome them back and we'll get started yeah so we don't have any special guests so lucky for you it's just the two of us you'll get to hear our melodious voices the entire time (laughs) Alright, so just a quick overview. So we're switching it up a little bit and going to be talking about what you can expect from Season 3. We're going to be jumping into specific themes that aren't just reflective in the different areas of student affairs, but also within the nation's climate. Along with that, as we lead up to the next cycle of primaries, the nomination process, and the elections for national politics, we want to be able to talk about how that, along with state and local events, impact the work we do or the work that we're trying to begin on college campuses. So with that, sometimes the topics are a little bit heavy. When that occurs, we'll have a part of the show that highlights some feel-good more feel-good moments and stories too. All right, and so as always, we have some special shout-outs. So we want to take a moment to thank some individuals who have helped this podcast be successful and who we continue to partner with. First is our Housing and Residence Life at NAU, who allow us to record each time or should I say, residence life. Secondly, thank you to our supervisor, Sarah Olson, who helps us create content and supports our work. And third, most importantly, you, the listener, for tuning in. If you want to be featured on our podcast, feel free to contact us at jenniferemmel at nau.edu. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R dot I-M-E-L at nau.edu or tommy.newsome at nau.edu. That's T-O-M- my.newsom at nau.edu. One of the goals that we have is to also try and give shout outs each week for our listeners. So subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Pad- Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon Echo. All right, so now with that out of the way, we're going to jump right into the best thing I saw this week. So living in Flagstaff, there's a lot of variety of outdoor beauty, interacting with the university, working within our division for student affairs, and seeing a whole bunch of things. Um, So for me, the best thing I think I saw this week was probably two things. Um, One, I think, is families helping their students transition to NAU. There is a lot of cool moments where I would see how close I think a lot of families really are when students would watch their parents leave. To be honest, I think I saw more students that cried than I saw parents that cried. So that was kind of interesting. But also I think a heartwarming moment for me to kind of say like, well, these parents or these students are willing to transition and um, wanting to begin their college career and we have a chance to help make that as positive as a process. Um, speaking of processes, that's the other best thing I saw this week, which I think really, shout out to Jen because she definitely did a lot of the parking elements and I truly don't believe there is any way we could have made our process more smoothly for move-in. And, you know, we had almost 600 residents move in with 11 parking spaces to use the entire week. And so, um, that's, I think, probably the other best thing I saw this week, and also a special shout-out and thank you to Jen, because I know she put a lot of work into that, too. So, what about for you, Jen? Um, I think I was also going to say just, like, a shout-out to our staff for doing such a good job with all the different tasks that they had um, during move-in, whether that be dealing with um, families who uh, were, like, everybody was stressed during this time, obviously, Um, and I think our RAs handled themselves very well in those situations. 
Um, just a shout out to them for keeping it together and doing such a good job with Move In and helping students have an easy transition here to NAU and Gabaldon. Um, yeah, I think we all worked really well as a team to accomplish that uh, for our students and hopefully the year is just as smooth. Jumping into our next segment uh, in the news this week, this segment helps us keep up with what's going on in the news. There are so many things happening all around us that there may not be time to keep up with what's going on or what has been resolved. It also does not okay. It also does not have to be about political news, but anything that's been newsworthy. Um, so, Tommy, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so, mine is about Indonesia. It, they're building a new capital, um, mostly because their current capital, Jakarta, is sinking into the sea. Um, it's one of the fastest sinking cities in the world right now. But I thought that was interesting because um, one, I think it kind of speaks to the ongoing change in our climate and how the uh, sea levels are continuing to rise. Um, but the other, I think, was like, I don't know of a lot of cities or a lot of countries, I should say, that have moved what their capital originally was to a completely different location. And so I'm curious to see how that's going to affect, I guess, just the overall way they function and knowing that a new city is going to become the capital. They estimated that's about $350 billion to do so. Um, which, in my mind, is like, just maybe build some new buildings, but I don't know what all goes into, like, actually having a capital city, because I've never lived in one. Um, but I still think that's something that's really interesting, and something to keep an eye on, because I think it speaks to two things, which is, one, how do we adapt to the changing climate, but two, when that does happen, how are people responding to those changes as well? What about for you? Mine is the fire in the Amazon. So as we all know, the Amazon is on fire and it has been for the past few weeks. Um, I think the most relevant thing right now is that the president of Brazil has denied aid um, for helping relieve the fire um, because um, the president of France criticized him. <laughs> so he said that if President, is it Macron? Yeah, I apologizes Macron. for his criticism that he will accept the aid for the Amazon fire, which I just think is so ridiculous because, um, first of all, like this is a huge part of the world. The Amazon rainforest is one of the uh, few areas in the whole entire world that's still um, like a natural resource for us that we that provides tons of our oxygen and. Um, just an amazing place and it's already being deforested naturally or not naturally but um, by men and people uh, logging and things like that and so it's just really heartbreaking to see that it's on fire um, and that as a like a world we aren't really able to come to an agreement to uh, save that or help preserve it um, and also that we're continuously denying climate change and things like that that have caused this fire to go on for such a long time as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's been on my mind and also the news. So hopefully we get our lives under control soon. Yeah, it's interesting because they also talked about it at the G7 mm -hmm. summit, which is basically the seven largest global like countries that, um, not global countries, the largest global economies um, those seven countries all come together and like talk about basically like what they're going to do about the global economy. But I know French President Emmanuel Macron also wanted to talk specifically about what they're going to do about the Amazon. And um, interestingly, Great Britain already promised, I forget how much aid it was, but like a pretty significant amount. 
um, regardless of what the rest of the other countries do. But no one else has kind of stepped forward with a final decision on how much aid they're going to give. Rather, they've kind of been talking about how South American countries need to also provide more aid on their own, mm. which is interesting when you think about knowing the state of a lot of those countries, they're not in a financial place to do so, which is also then trickling into other things like immigration in the U.S. and the economies there because those economies don't have a very strong foundation. So yeah. I'm not sure what will happen, but stay tuned because we'll all find out hopefully sooner rather than later. I think another good point here is I saw this on Facebook of like slacktivism of just posting things about current events that are happening, especially things that you like can freely donate to. Um, and just posting about it isn't really doing anything. Like, yeah, it's great that you care, but if you're just going to post about it, you're not doing anything to help it. Um, and it's really, um, as they say, slacktivism. You're an yeah. activist, but not really. Um, so there are a lot of different resources you can give to help the Amazon. Um, so maybe we can link those in here somehow. But always good to donate a few dollars if you're going to post something on Facebook to a cause. So Yes. yes. Make it a normal part of your routine. You yeah. post, you donate. Even just $5. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Alright, we are back and we're jumping right into the, yep, we're going there, which again is kind of a rotating segment, but basically it's a chance to talk about what's going on in American government. Um, a lot of times we may not necessarily love politics, but our profession definitely deals with a lot of the policies and laws that our state and our national government creates. So um, our goal is not only to give you thoughts about what's happening in the political world, world, but also to kind of provide some insight as to what it might mean for students moving forward. So this week we're talking about the opioid trial in Oklahoma with Johnson & Johnson. Uh, I'll give you kind of a quick synopsis, but basically um, an Oklahoma judge ruled yesterday that the pharmace pharmaceutical company Johnson & Johnson has to pay $572 million for its role in the state's opioid epidemic crisis. Um, it's the first state trial attempting to hold a pharmaceutical company accountable um, because of the widespread opioid epidemic, and the judge said that it had hit Oklahoma especially hard. Um, one of the rulings that it concluded in the case was that um, Johnson & Johnson engaged in false and misleading marketing of both their drugs and opioids generally. Um, the company plans to appeal mostly on the grounds that the state is the one that hires both the pharmacists as well as the doctors who actually prescribe the opioids. And so they are really the first company to not do a buyout deal or come to an agreement. Um, I forget the big pharma company, Purdue Pharma, um, is what it's called. And I think they settled for a little over $200 million. So it's interesting now seeing that um, drug companies like Johnson Johnson, who decide to go to court and try to win, um, are paying a higher settlement, or not higher settlement, but they are being ordered to pay. So I'm curious if there'll be more settlements in the future for other companies. But just initial thoughts, Jen, what are your reactions to this story? Um, I mean, I think it's great that Johnson Johnson and people who are selling um, people these very addictive substances are being held accountable because coming from Dayton, where it's also a like huge epidemic, um, it's really important to know that addiction is a disease and not just a choice that people make. 
Um, a lot of times you think of addiction in terms of like heroin, but obviously heroin is a very cheap thing that people turn to after they run out of their prescription. So knowing that we're holding people accountable for um, prescribing medication that is really highly addictive to people um, who may not know that they have a history of addiction in their family or something that makes them more um, perceptive or receptive to having a, the disease of addiction um, is really important. Uh, and just like stopping the epidemic is like this is the first place that you can go to stop the epidemic is to the source of who's making the drugs and um, like obviously the state should be held accountable too for who's prescribing them specifically and what doses but um, looking at who is making the drugs is also a big part of it. I agree. I think one thing I failed to mention is that that $572 million is specifically for the amount of resources that the state of Oklahoma over the last year had used to try to help with the epidemic by helping individuals get treated, to break that addiction, to find alternative means of uh, medication. And so I think that's one thing I'm excited to also see is that it's not just like, hey, you made this mistake, you pay us money. It's like, you made this mistake and also the money that you would be paying us is going to be used to further treat addictions um, as well as to find other alternatives to the opioid crisis. Um, I think something that I'm kind of curious to see as I kind of mentioned is that they're the first ones to hold out on on court and also plan to appeal. Um, And I think it's still kind of missing the larger context as to, yes, perhaps it's not all your fault, like there are other individuals in play But the end result is like the impact that is made is still like people, a lot of people have died from this specifically. And so I think for me, it's still kind of heartbreaking to see a lot of focus on like, well, we don't want to pay this much money versus, well, we want to make sure that the people who are currently addicted or are at risk of having the addiction because they've already been prescribed aren't having to then be a part of this growing crisis and epidemic too. So I would like to see a little bit more emphasis and focus on that. The other thing I think is, um, I guess as far as like the misapplication or they kind of talked about like the misinformation is I know there was like a time, sometime in the beginning of January or February where um, Donald Trump had kind of talked about having all commercials that are produced by like different pharmaceutical companies specify like here's the risk and it has to be like in bigger text and things um, but it wasn't really like an executive order or a law that was put into place it was more of a strong suggestion if you will but I would, that is something I think I would like to see because I think a lot of times um, I, like you're really just looking for relief and so I think the education part is still a huge component of it just because like I know for some you might get an opinion from a doctor or whatever the case might be, but I think it'd still be important to also know what those do yourself and not just relying on one individual to kind of give that information. Granted, that individual should be the expert on it. So those are some other thoughts I have. But anything that you would add, Jen, as far as like how this might relate to students or the work that we do? Um, I know... Well, for me, I know last year we had a student specifically that was scared of becoming addicted to an opioid and turned to other marijuana as another substance to use for pain. Um, And I think that just shows, like, the fear that people have of taking this prescribed medication um, from a doctor who should be a trusted source, uh, but not knowing that, like, 
or you have the common knowledge that these substances are very addictive um, and you would rather use a substance like marijuana to deal with your pain. Um, and I think that just shows the distrust that people have, not only in like the pharmaceutical companies, but also doctors who are prescribing medication. Um, so this could be hopefully the right step. I, I think that companies like Johnson & Johnson um, need to take responsibility for the epidemic in some case, like in some stance they need to because they are the ones who are creating the substance and um, partnering with different facilities and doctors to make it readily available for people. Yeah. I think the one other thing I would add, this is more on like things that might begin to affect us. Um, I know there's a while where, uh, well right now the current generation, a lot of students are trying to find ways of coping and things like that and I think knowing that addiction can be an easy way, not an easy way, but it is sometimes a byproduct of the way that we find coping, is then also being able to help students find ways to address their addiction in a healthy manner rather than becoming more reliant. And so um, I think one thing is being able to talk to individuals, I think particularly students who are from areas that have been hit really hard. That might not necessarily be the case here in Arizona, but as Jen mentioned, especially in Ohio, um, some of the other West Belt areas, that's an important conversation to have because a lot of those individuals have either been directly or indirectly impacted too. So we're going to take one more quick break and then when we come back, it's time to wrap up the show. everybody so we're going to jump right into ridiculous or hilarious stories so we work on a college campus and every week we interact with all sorts of situations sometimes it's off campus and sometimes it's a crisis situation or sometimes it's parents which is very um surface this year or <laughs> right now um so just the nature of living with hundreds of students so tell me you can go first okay um i think for me the <laughs> I guess it's both ridiculous and hilarious, is that I know that in residence life, a lot of times we tend to be a catch-all department. We do a lot of counseling, we do crisis response, we do education, we do outreach, we do social programs. Um, but I think as a result, students also think that we're in control of all those things that happen. So yesterday, um, last evening, our Wi-Fi went out for a couple hours, and the amount of students that stopped by to say, hey, do you know when the Wi-Fi is going to be up or have you fixed the Wi-Fi? And like, first off, I am not an IT guru at all. If you are, shout out to you because you did get our Wi-Fi back up and running. It's the reason why we're able to also record this podcast. But um, I also say that because they also have sometimes asked, like, can you move the time that the trash dumpsters or the trash trucks come to pick up all of the recycling and things? I have no control over those things at all. I realize that they come around 6.15 a.m. in the morning. It also wakes me up as well. But sometimes I think it's just kind of ridiculous that students think we have more control over university processes or things that are in place there than we actually do. But I also find it sometimes comical because they'll come to you asking for a solution. And truthfully, I'm just as much in the know as you are. I'll get the email when you get the email, and that means the Wi-Fi is back up. But I found that kind of comical this week, so. Yeah. So mine is more of just ridiculous. I don't think it's very hilarious. Um, but during move-in, so we have a roundabout 
in our parking lot and that's kind of like we only have about eight spots but you would think that grown adults would know how to use a roundabout and that roundabouts are typically one way um and so we had a lot of people back up the incorrect way and go out of our roundabout the incorrect way and it was just very ridiculous to me that people (laughs) have driven their entire lives from the age of 16 and still don't know how to use a roundabout um and there were a few instances where people would like turn their own way and then a car would be coming the right way and they would just be like oh no one of us is wrong (laughs) And (laughs) and then proceed to like have to back out of the entire roundabout the other way um so that was ridiculous to me is people just not knowing how to use a roundabout or just purposefully going out the wrong way because it was like closer exit to them i guess um just ridiculous yeah like it's not even a i'd like to say that it's a convenience thing but i don't even know that it's that because you still have to back out try to avoid any traffic coming in the correct way and really like it's not big enough to i'm I feel like at some point as you are pulling in, because that's the thing, I think that's what really mind boggles me, is that there's only parking spots on one side of our roundabout, but you didn't drive all the way around the far side that doesn't have the parking and pull in, and so I'm like, why do you all of a sudden think that's the way to get out if you didn't come in that way? Yeah. Amnesia, I suppose, but it is what it is. Very interesting. Well, we're going to jump into rough translations. So every week we plan to end the show with a song that describes how we're feeling, sometimes accurately, sometimes sarcastically. But our goal is to also hopefully get listeners to expand their own genre genre while we do the same. Tommy, would you like to go first while I find a song? (laughs) Sure, I can do that. So um, the artist that I chose is called Grits, and I really like them. If you haven't heard of them, they're kind of like this low-key... Um, hip-hop group where there's two individuals and the song that I chose specifically by them is called Ooh Ah My Life Be Like Um, it has a pretty nice beat but right now we finally got through the chaos of opening we finished training that's why you haven't heard from us in a couple weeks um, because we were doing our own training then we were training our student staff and then we jumped right into opening and today is the second day of classes so I feel like I'm finally on a little bit of a break where I'm like ah this feels nice and this song I think specifically goes right into that kind of vibe and so I chose it mostly for that and because it's a little bit of change of pace from what I normally listen to and I rediscovered them the other day so what about you Jen? Uh, Mine is My Own Worst Enemy by the band Lit Um, currently I've only read through briefly all of my syllabi and classes started yesterday so I'm feeling a little bit behind, and I know I did this to myself, so <laughs> I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's why I chose that song. All right, well, thanks for listening for this week. If you have any thoughts about the podcast this week, we'd love for you to leave our, your feedback, suggestions, or other thoughts, um, too, in the comments section. Shout out once again to Housing and Medicine's Life at NAU and helping with the podcast succeed. Um, thank you to our listeners. And as my high school principal used to say... Make it a good day or not. The choice is yours. Goodbye. (laughs) We're going to start with getting um, right into the first thing, or not getting into. We're going to start with getting to know, wow, that's (laughs) awful. (laughs) Let's just edit that part out real quick.